Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can you believe it? White Wine Question Time is playing live in the West End of London at the Leicester Square Theatre and we would love you to come and join us. Come and raise a glass on the 13th of November. We've got the cast of Dumb Breeding. Joining me on stage will be Julie Graham, Alison Newman, Tracy Ann Oberman, Tamsin Outhwaite, Angela Griffin and Denise Welsh. We'll be raising our glasses from four till six. Why not come and pop your cork with us? Tickets are available now from Ticketmaster, Live Nation, wherever you get your tickets. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. I'm just a little heads up. There's some rather choice language in this episode, so if you're listening with children around, it might be a good idea to pop your headphones on. Welcome to White Wine Question Time Live here in London's West End at the Leicester Square Theatre uh, with a real audience, actual people. O to the M to the G. What a treat we are in for. He is no stranger to the West End of London. In fact, this was his playground. He arrived here via uh, the theatres of Paris, having escaped the backwaters of Australia to realise his dream to become a dancer on some of the greatest stages the world has to offer. He did it, and then some. He's an award-winning choreographer, an award-winning dancer, and for the last 17 years, can you believe it's that long? I didn't even know he's that old. Uh, he has been presiding as the no-nonsense, say it it is, as the judge that takes no-nonsense from the dancers on Strictly Come Dancing, which is back on our screens tonight. I'm really lucky that I've known him as a friend and a colleague, and also, God love me as a boss. So raise the roof, London. It's Craig Revelhorward. Why wine question time? I mean, if ever a show had your name on it, babe. It does have my name on it. Can I just yeah. say that Craig is looking resplendent in tight white jeans. I've only ever seen anyone of our age bracket look good in those called Liz Hurley. Well done. I look amazing, don't you? You look hot! It's amazing what money can buy. <laughs> it really is. And I have to thank you, the taxpayer. <laughs> For all my wealth and my beauty. For all my wealth and beauty. Yes, yes. That's why I've got a swimming pool. Tennis court. If you want to see Craig's Spa swimming bar. pool, um, just Google Craig Revel Hallwood House for sale. It's all well, there. Well, you can consume my present buyer, if you like. You could consume the present buyer. They're exchanging in four days. Time is not on your side, okay? Three million. Come on. <laughs> Bring it on. It's cheap. It is. Is it? Really? 
I think so. Yeah. Three million. What are you getting for three million? And why have you got an industrial kitchen in well, your you home? Well, you get a house I slept in. <laughs> Isn't that enough? Well, listen, we are in the square mile uh, full of alleyways that you slept in. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a deeply unpleasant <laughs> afternoon here at the theatre. We are going to tuck into our first class. There it is being poured. Oh, um, thank God, I'm parched. You're parched, are you, darling? But yeah. no, in all seriousness, thank you for being here today because I know the West End has been something that is so close to your heart and it was always a burning ambition for you to get here, wasn't it? Well, I absolutely loved it. Ever since I was a kid, really, I, the first show I saw in London was when I was 17, and that was Cats. Bonnie Langford, I had to suffer her, unfortunately, at the time. But... <laughs> was she Grisabella or whatever? No, darling! Who was she? Rumpel Teaser. What Grisabella year was this? Grisabella was Elaine Page. Oh, Elaine. We're going back. To, you really are, To 1982, in fact. Wow. And uh, that was the first show I saw where I discovered that amazing dancers could actually sing beyond. And I thought, that's what I want to do. You triple know. threats. You wanted to be a yeah, triple threat. Yeah, completely. And, of course, I trained in Australia. And, uh, as you say, was working at the Lido before I actually came here. The Lido, just for the less uh, discerning members of our audience and those listening along at home, it's not somewhere you go to swim. No, it's the Lido de Paris on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Mais oui. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge um, <laughs> place where I wore a blue fish on my head and a G-string. Basically naked on stage. <laughs> yeah, the girls are topless. Yeah. There was why, a why review fish? show. <laughs> why, I, a why a fish in a G-string? I mean... Oh, because there was an underwater theme. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's all very themed, that particular show. But I digress. I saw um, in 1982 that show, and then I went to New York and I saw Dream Girls, and ah. I was blown away. And from that moment in my life, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So, uh, and that was to train, you know, for theatre. And I never thought for one moment I would ever get to the West End. Uh, from my hometown of Ballarat, of course, in Victoria. So Ballarat is, is, a, is a gold mining town, right? Or was? Uh, yeah, so they, full they... of gold diggers, darling. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I was one of them. <laughs> no, I've got three generations, actually, of um, miners in my family, bizarrely. As I found out and discovered, you know, through Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah. Which was amazing. I can recommend that to anyone. But... Um, yeah, so I loved it there. I actually loved it. And when I went back to Ballarat, after seeing Cats and Dreamgirls, that just completely inspired me to want to be in the theatre. My first job was West Side Story in Australia. I went on to do other shows and um, absolutely loved it. La Caja Fall was one of my favourite uh. ones from then. And that's when I learned to work, walk in heels, dance in heels, tap dance in heels wear a corset. I still haven't got out of a habit of that, sadly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's pretty bad at home. <laughs> My drag bag is extensive. I'd love As to see your drag bag. 30 people in the audience here already know. <laughs> <laughs> As they supplied most of it. You are a master at pushing people to uh, realise the very best of themselves. Pushing them off a cliff, normally. <laughs> <laughs> That's also been it. But I loved it. I loved it, Craig. I, I loved working for you. I loved touring with you. We toured for many years together. Well, I'm much nicer than I am on television. You see, yeah. I'm actually a loving, nurturing, you know, Don't gorgeous, huggy-type, fuzzy person. No, that's pushing it. Let's just pull it until, back to reality. Until I've had a drink. No, but I, when I'm looking after a company, of course, you know, I I get to employ them. On Strictly Come Dancing, I don't employ anybody. No, you inherit us. Yeah, yeah, and I literally have to sit there and suffer one minute thirty of really hideous <laughs> dancing, and then try and be nice. You know, I, with... I, I don't know how you're succeeding in that role. To be honest, do you? <laughs> Which, which takes me very nicely into my first question for you, because what I thought we'd do, rather than a straightforward question, I wanted to play a little something with you called Did I Really Say That? Oh, God. <laughs> I can't remember what I've said from one minute to the next, darling, let alone anything well, in the show. Well, you, you are, in my opinion, the king of one-liners. And the, the stuff that's fallen from those cherry lips, 
sometimes makes the ears bleed. So what I want to, to discover here is, did is it something you've said or was it some other like-minded scathing scoundrel, right? Okay, and fine. let's see if you can work out if it's not you who maybe said it. Okay. Okay, would you, I like, do you, you like this game? Already. You like this game? Oh. Because we all know, you know, he's a cow. A lovely one. A lovely one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one. What I want to know is, did you say it or is this the work of somebody else? I really dislike him. We don't see eye to eye. He brings up the most ridiculous arguments. Yes, we're all entitled to our opinions, but some opinions suck and his generally do. Didn't say it. I never get personal. Oh, but you did. <laughs> that must have been the early years. <laughs> what? Did I say that? You did. Who were you talking about? I have no clue. What? No, it wasn't James Jordan. Brendan Cole! Oh, well, yeah, any wonder. Oh, that makes sense now. Oh, right. Where would I have said that? Would I have said that publicly? You went so high-pitched then you'll have to say that again. I'm joking. Have I said that publicly somewhere? You did? Well, yeah, because I found it on the internet. Wow. Got to be true then. Got to be true. <laughs> well, I genuinely believe well, that. What, well, you do believe that... <laughs> You generally believe Now I know that, who it's about. Yeah, I mean, you two did lock horns, right? Yeah, we did. We've, well, I invited him around, actually, two years ago to my house. Mm. I, hadn't done, I hadn't spoken to him for years. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to see Brendan? Just what? to see, well, just to see if he's working. <laughs> and... <laughs> Such a bitch. Oh, God, this is going out to people, isn't it? They're going to hear it. They're here. We're not at home. They're here. Don't forget the live studio audience. Yeah. So anyway, go on, you invited him over. Yeah, and he had an electric car. <laughs> what? He was showing that off. An is, is this car. one of those instances where when you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all? No, oh, that's a nice electric car. <laughs> so he came to your house in his electric car. He turned up. Yeah, he came. Yeah, he didn't realise that it was an hour and a half. I thought, I when he said... He was ringing me up to, I don't know, probably a job or something. And um, <laughs> then I said, oh, why don't you come around to the house? I said, and then he gave me the address or where area he was living in. And it looked like it was only half. I said, oh, my God, that's only like half an hour away from my house. I'm brilliant. Well, come around. We'll have like a spot of lunch and all of that. Because we did actually get on very, very well in Until you New didn't. Zealand. And we were, uh, well, he was Mr. Nasty. He was a judge in New Zealand, right? He was the judge on Dancing with the Stars New Zealand. As were you. Yeah. And he, for two years, played the Mr. Nasty character that I, of course, play. And they, uh, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Ratings were flagging. So they flew me out to be <laughs> the real Mr. Nasty. And so I he doubled was like the viewing figures. Of you. Yeah, and then I knocked him off his perch. Ever since then, we went out for beers and all of that sort of stuff and actually got to know each other quite well. And it became a bit more of a show. So it was very much like that in the press, a show. Okay. You know, uh, actually, eventually, I mean, we hated each other to begin with when he was with Natasha Kaplinsky and all of that stuff. Yeah. I don't think they ever officially admitted that they were. <laughs> Well, I never saw anything. <laughs> I only heard. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, imagine. <laughs> okay, you ready for the next? Did I really say that? My Just... gran could do better, and she's dead. <laughs> that does sound like me. <laughs> but am I really that nasty? No. Oh, thank God. It's Gordon Ramsay. Oh! <laughs> Hurrah! It's a good one. I might use it this yeah, year. You, you should have that. Next yeah. Saturday, live, darling. <laughs> what about this one? It was a bit like ordering a hamburger and only getting the buns. That's a bit too intelligent for me. Correct. It's Simon Cow. Yeah. <laughs> That's cheap. Okay, this is, this is a good one. Impersonating Beyonce is not your destiny, child. 
That sounds like it's been worked out in the dressing room the day before. Was it you? No, it wasn't me. It's a good line though, right? No, I think it's preconceived and I think it's ill-conceived. Do you? Yeah. You better tell that to RuPaul. Oh, I was going to... Yeah, I better tell that to RuPaul because that's so scripted. Okay. And I work from organic inner material, darling. <laughs> Unlike Bruno Tonioli. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Next one. Lifeless, lacklustre, laboured. The only good thing about that for me was the end. Yes, that's definitely me. All the L's, darling. That's how I normally started. All the L's. The alliteration is off yeah. the scale. Limp, lame, lacklustre is what I know. Yeah. Uh, and then we, Cheryl who Cole are you talking used to? it for a L'Oreal commercial. Did she? Yeah. It's your limp, lame, lacklustre. <laughs> God. Any wonder I drink. <laughs> who were you talking to? Julian Clary. No, Heather Small could not be more wrong. Oh. <laughs> Bit like Julian. <laughs> I have said it to several people, but I think Julian Clary was the very first one. I think in all my years at the, uh, on the road with you, and I think I did four or five, yeah. I don't think anybody threw it back to you quite like Julian Clary. Oh, he was brilliant. Yeah, it was handbags at dawn. Oh. I know, it was literally on the front page of every paper about yeah. all of that. It was brilliant. He is such a great comedian. I mean, I, I was spouting off. I went on to a major rant once where I had a phone in and he was on uh, It Takes Two. And he sat there, it takes two, you know, with the dog, patting it and everything like that. And I'm on a major rant, literally, <laughs> for about, I don't know, three minutes. And boom, boom, boom. And they said, well, what do you think about that, Julian? He went, oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I was slating him. He's brilliant. I love him. He's, He's so great. clever. He is so clever. clever. Yeah, he could slay me. Yeah. <laughs> in a word, you know, it was absolutely fantastic. But I love people like that. I love people that do answer back. I'm, I sort of, you know, as long as it's funny, you know, and intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of to do with dance. Although I don't care if they answer me back personally. I wouldn't, I don't no, really you'd love care. It. Yeah, I would love it. I think your idea Gives of me ammunition would be dog. like a Craig Revel Hallwood roasting. Well, it's been ages since anyone... I think... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, next one. Did you or did you not say this? If you nod your head any longer, I'm going to put you on the back seat of my bloody car. I don't think I'd say the word bloody. So I don't think it's me. It's Alan Sugar. Oh, the bloody car. Giving it all like Len Goodman, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> what about this one? You were wriggling around like a slug in salt. Definitely me. I don't know who I said it about. I can't remember, but they were wriggling around. She like went on to marry one of the finest dancers on the uh, Strictly Professional circuit. Okay. Any clues? No? Well, a lot of them have got married. <laughs> and had kids. Yeah. Strictly Curse. Yeah. It's Rachel Riley. Oh. Oh. Mm. Okay. And she was good, right? Well, not on that particular evening, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, because I don't like darling. So, no, not on that evening. Obs. 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 What about this one? If anyone asks me what my look, nightmares look and sound like, I'm going to refer to this. No. Correct. Simon Cowell again. Yeah. See, he's got really bad lines. <laughs> They're actually quite bad, aren't they? Who does his script? Him. Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> well, it was in my day. Okay, next one. <laughs> you remind me of the final scene from The Wizard of Oz. You look very impressive, but in my opinion, behind the curtains, there's nothing there. I quite like that, but I don't believe I actually came up with it. What Did do you I? think, audience? No, no, yes, Sounds no. like me. Sounds like you. It's not you. It's Who Alan is... Sugar. Oh, Alan. Alan. I should go on The Apprentice. <laughs> we could make a fabulous team. Okay, what about this one then? You had a bizarre, vacant look on your face like someone who'd just been lobotomized. Yeah, that's me. 
And that sounds like Judy Murray. Correct, double points. <laughs> That's not personal. No. Because you have to use facial expressions in the dance. Which she couldn't if she'd been lobotomized. Well, that's what she did. She, actually, she gave the like. nation a national treasure. She Look, it's, this is like Gogglebox, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I love watching that because they're all like me. <laughs> they just sit in front of the telly and say what they think. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, true. that's what I love about that. What about this one? Was this you? Oh no, you have some irregular shaped balls. <laughs> that sounds like Bruno. No, not Bruno. Who? Not me. Not you. No. Mary Berry. Oh, <laughs> thank God. I don't think I'm allowed to use the word balls on Strictly Come Dancing anyway. I mean, we well, do... A, a, a quick ball change, surely. But yeah, on the balls of your feet. The balls. You, you need to get up on the balls. Yeah. 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 But we'll get up on your balls more. You can say that. See, look, I think we've already... As long as you then obviously uh, take it further and explain why they need to get up on their balls more. Yes. Context. Yeah, contact. It's everything. That's it. <laughs> what about this one? This is Marmite. If everyone hated Marmite. I quite like that. But I can't believe it's me. No, it doesn't sound like me, does you it? You don't think so? No. It was no, Graham only because it sounds... Graham Norton. Graham Norton. Oh, yeah, yeah because it has nothing to do with dance. Mine are generally dance-related. And appalled. I thought you were such a nice lady. You were throwing yourself around like a wild kitten. I could have said that, but I don't think I did. I've never used the word kitten. Why I, is that? I have no clue. It's oh. not in my vocabulary. Okay, just not saying. Okay, so who do you who do you think might spit that rhyme? Kitten. I have no clue. Don't know. It's, it's Bruno. Oh, it is Bruno. Oh, yeah. kitten. <laughs> yeah, of course it's Bruno. Okay. I well, took him three days to work that out. <laughs> and 900 gym workouts. Yeah. Well, he does like the gym. Oh, my God. Right. So when we go on tour. I know. Well, I've just been on a vast one around the UK with him, darling. Oh, yeah. So And he wouldn't let me eat carbs at all. No. So his, his body is a temple. He's in the most remarkable shape for a man of his age, right? Oh, yeah. He's he, amazing. And he's 10 years older than me. Yeah. And, you know, you put him in a pair of budgie smugglers, he totally pulls it off. But when you go to the gym with him first thing in the morning, um, you're like, oh, great, I'll meet you after breakfast for the gym. Yeah, brilliant, okay. And you go in there, and it sounds like he's having sex with himself, doesn't it? Yeah, that's his chain, his gold chain choking him because he's trying to bench press too much bloody weight, darling. And the thing is, you go into these gyms and these hotels are obviously open to other people, right? And they all know that the Strictly crowd are in because we've taken over the bar the night before. So you're mindful of the fact that everybody's looking at you while you're working out. And then just in case they're not, don't worry, Bruno's here with his sex show. Yeah, it is loud. <laughs> I've got to admit, it is loud because I was in there with him once in Newcastle. You know, the one... At, at the Hilton. At the Hilton. <laughs> and, it's a, and you get a big, you know, view of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and you're sort of doing all your, you know, stuff, you know. And um, <laughs> Bruno was literally heaving the smallest weight, but making the loudest noise. And I was in there with Gethin, because Gethin, Gethin Jones. Jones was my um, gym buddy that year. And uh, Bruno likes to do it alone. There's, he won't share a single machine or a single weight, but um, he was loud. He's loud. And it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, it was just the, like when there's a tiny, teeny weight on the end of it. <laughs> And he's like, <laughs> and he does finish. <gasps> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, everyone ready for our next question? Yes. I know you'll see the humor in this, and I really hope that you do. I want you to imagine that you've gone off to the dance floor in the sky, that you've popped your dancing clogs, and the BBC are about to play on the news at 10, your obituary. I want you to go back to your early days as a sound recordist, as a cameraman, as somebody that's compiled shows, and I want you to tell me what you're going to put in your obituary so people see you and remember you as you would like to be remembered. Yeah. I don't think... what. What would I want to say about myself that people don't already know from News of the World or the many, many autobiographies I've done? Yes, well, there is that. But I might know... put the excess biographies on top of the grave and people can just <laughs> put a donation for flowers in there. <laughs> Three autobiographies so far, so you've not been afraid to kind of put your life out there. But I just wondered if you had to contain it, what would be the standout moments? Would it be the leaving Australia? Would it be the arrival in Paris? Would it be the, the mysterious Mr. X? Would it be the, oh, you know, the, the jobs in the West End, the, the, the gig on Strictly, falling out with Cameron McIntosh? I mean, am I going there or what? Yeah, there's a lot, isn't there? Yeah. The first one I had to write because News of the World were printing absolute rubbish about me. And I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I have all these skeletons, or so-called skeletons, I call it life, yes, in the closet that, that yeah. is normal for most people. Okay, yeah, the, you know, sugar daddy, the, the, the rent boy thing, the whole, you know, everything. <laughs> you know, the shotgun film, my father, trying to kill my mother, going to prison, all of that stuff. I mean, I'm trying to wrap this up in a very short and swift way. But a lot of stuff happens to people. A lot of stuff, you know, and and there's a lot of secrets lot, and lies in, in everybody's lives. That's course. one of my favorite films as secrets well. Secrets like, and lies. Yeah, I love that because that's actual real life, you know, mm. and that's where real stories come from, true stories that I make uh, theater out of, that I make dance routines out of, that I use for inspiration. And my life is no different to anyone else's in this room. We're all born equally and we all just choose different paths and loads of stuff happens to all of us, you know, but a lot of people don't go spouting off about it and try and make money out of it like I did. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean no, that mean in, in, in a way, way that I had to yeah, explain myself. I had to explain myself in the first book and then people were interested enough for me to write a second and third and then on my father's death, I decided um, to just finish them at his death. And then I thought, right. That was a very important full stop for you, though. Well, your dad, has your, to your be. relationship with your dad was very difficult, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, my father was an alcoholic and died subsequently of alcohol poisoning. We were hoping it wasn't that. But he actually, in fact, you know, drank himself to death. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was like one of those horrible things where you can go on about it, you know, and he... It was just awful, like, living with him and living with alcoholism and abuse, you know, all of us, because I've got a family of five kids and um, three sisters and I've got a little brother. And we were, it was just awful. Family life was terrible. Mm. And that's why I went to dancing, because I could get away. I could just look into the mirror and escape and not even really see me, just see lines, see how I was doing. And I just felt like I could fly away you know, in those moments. And when I heard music, I just wanted to dance, to get away from it, to escape family life. And that's the real reason I started dancing. Yes, I loved 
Bonnie Langford and all of that and Cats. And, you know, yes, I loved all of that. But it was um, my real escape was there, just listening to the music and listening and being able to move to it and not having to use words, not having to use song, nothing, just the expression of your body, you know, and your heart beating. And I adored that. And um, my father, of course, ended up killing himself you know, with it, and never really recovered, and never really wanted to, and then as much as you, even though he went to prison for attempted murder of my mother and all of that stuff, uh, it wasn't really until they, they got back together, which I thought was ridiculous. I mean, I mean, yeah, and then, how, as, and then as, that as all a, just finished as a bunch ended. of kids, like there's, there's the five of you, when they reconnect after that incident, where do you, you're adults by this point, what do you do with that? That's, that's a hard one to get your head around for your mum, for sure. Well, definitely. You know, I have forged an unbelievable and close relationship with my mum. Mm. Now, not because she was um, a housewife stuck in an abusive situation. And I look at it and my sisters are all set up in arms in a way saying, why didn't you do something, mum? Why didn't you get us out of there? What, you know, but if you're a mum and you don't work and you need the money and your husband, uh, Phil, his name is, we called him Filthy, um, Phil goes away for 10 months at a time in the Navy, you, you're left to raise those children. And what sort of life could mum have given five kids Without by herself? Income. You know, so it was, I mean, she was caught in a really bad situation. Mm. And so I completely understand that, you know, after reading umpteen yeah. books and stuff. You can understand but, it at this age, can't you? But it must have been very difficult to yeah, understand. Yeah, at the time. No, I left home. I couldn't stay, I couldn't be in the house. Mm. You know, this all happened, actually, while I was in Paris dancing. Right. And, and I was away from the family, so it was really, really difficult. Um, but, you know, I, I think you get through it, don't you, in that way. And it was interesting, like, years later that my sisters went through therapy and did all of that sort of stuff. And they said, you know, they were saying, Craig, you need therapy. I said, my therapy, darling, is dancing mm -hmm. and escaping through that. And actually, I'm very good at chatting to people about it. Yeah. And I don't care. Who knows? I think it's really important, you know, because one of us here will know that, won't we? We've here, all here. been through it. Yeah. So I, and good. I love you for that. And you put it out there because... You know what, for a hundred years that this might fall on, for one person that might mean a huge amount. Yeah. And it might be life changing in, in terms of being able to tune into this conversation. So it's important that you can you continue to share what I know are not particularly pleasant stories from your past, but really important yeah, ones. Yeah, but they make me who I am today. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. made me dance harder. They made me dance faster. They made me uh, really, uh, uh, they made me eager or hungry to make something of myself that wasn't just about one thing. You know? Tell, me, tell um, me about your dad's reaction to your dancing, because I can't imagine that Filthy, as you called him, yeah. thought, oh, that, that, that's what I want for him. Oh, no, dad, naval man. Yeah. No, he's the one that taught me cricket badly. You know, I hated it and I wasn't prepared to learn. But, um, and plus, we never got any time together anyway in that, in respect to, you know, family life. You know, he'd come home for two months before we went off to the Navy again for 10 months. And to try and say, oh, his uh, ball son, you know, try and mm. hit that. He didn't get you, did he? No, I like lipstick, Dad. I don't like <laughs> hard cricket balls, you know. It's one of those, isn't it? I've it's, got a drag queen just waiting to bust yeah. out of me. Yeah. yeah, well, I did that at five. So... It was in How did somewhere. he take that? Because that must have been... Oh, no, he went mental. He went mental, chased me around the house, uh, through the sliding doors. I went and hid under my sister's bed instead of my own bedroom. And, uh, you know, just shaking, quivering. And it was basically saying, if you, if you don't take that shit off your face. You know, I mean, he was really aggressive. Abusive. I mean, it, I, have, I understand from his side, it must have been hideously embarrassing to have your eldest son in a blonde wig and a feather boa, you know, in your mum's shoes, in his wife's shoes, sort of doing a kick line and kicking a drink out of someone's hand, you know, that was all red wine that went everywhere. I understand that that must be an embarrassment, 
But, uh, and especially in the 70s, it must have been horrendous, you know, or late 60s, whatever it was. So, um, well, it would have been 1970 to be exact. So, uh, yeah, that was probably a thing for him, which I understand. He later, when I became a proper actor, singer, dancer, professionally, he then uh, fell in love with it. And, Did he? Yeah, and started to adore this woman called Lavish. You know what I'm saying? He started to buy So for anybody it. that doesn't know, Lavish is Craig's drag alter ego. Yeah, and she alter is, ego. I've met her. She's pretty stunning. She She's was. very funny. She was she in the is. 80s. She was beautiful. Well, listen, at your 50th, I, was, I last saw her at your 50th birthday and she was hot. Well, the last time I was on this stage was with Joan Collins, who I based her on. And I yeah. came up on stage. Yeah, Joan was sat where <laughs> you are. And I was literally on my hands and knees, like going, Joan. <laughs> oh my God, I based my whole life on you and your look and your earrings and your shoulder pads. You did actually know you say it. I did. I, I, was a bit, I was a bit drunk though in this. No. Hat. It was when it was called the venue. <laughs> but it was amazing, you know, just seeing her in real life and to think, I mean, she had no clue that she was the inspiration for Lavish anyway. So uh, it is funny, but my father. But your dad fell in came round to lavish. He, yeah, yeah. he learned to embrace her and, yeah, and yeah. celebrate who you are. Yeah, and celebrated it and learned. Uh, he had, he left the navy after twenty years, and I think it was uh, his time after the navy that he started, you know, buying into the fact that I was going to be a dancer, whether he liked it or not. I left home at fifteen and a half, and gave them no real choice. My family and I just made headway for myself because I thought they can't help me. My father in the Navy cannot help me get a dance career. My mum, who was part of the Sunshine Girls, you know, who used to tap dance, you know, uh, and do all that around Ballarat was fine and loved it and was probably a little bit of an inspiration there because she used to tap dance around the kitchen because that was the only hard floor we had. Yeah. And she'd get the old tap shoes out in the 40s. There's no no sound quite like it, is there? (laughs) Yeah, Once you amazing. hear somebody tapping, it's, it's Yeah, I know, addictive. but, I, but I, no one ever thought that uh, we would become a musical family or anything like that, mm. because we're not famed for that at all. Then my brother was a drummer, uh, but that's going, you know... Well, he's actually doing the drum tracks for my up-and-coming album that I'm doing with Rietta, the duets album, which I'm really looking forward yeah. to. I can't wait to get it out there, darling. So, so people may not know, but you can actually hold a note I, or, or well, two. Well, with auto-tune and the help of violins. It's like Cher I sound in the late like 90s. A god, darling. I sound <laughs> like a god. I doubt that I'd be able to recreate it live. Well, I can, of course. What I love, though, is that Lavish became so important to you. And and I know that, I mean, ultimately, you killed her 30 years ago. She was last seen staggering along the Champs-Élysées. And she's not really been seen in the same capacity since, I've no. got to be honest. Well, she appeared at your 50th. Like, she was like really a, like thin a, back like then, a, too. Like, like, <laughs> a, like, well, how would you describe Because, yeah, when you walked in that night as Lavish, I, I felt quite emotional for you. It was lovely to see you. Um, you were lavish that night, right? I'm not what night? Uh, your 50th. Oh, yeah. Brought back from thank the dead. Thank you. Thank you, No, I'd say the heroin addict's sister. <laughs> <laughs> what? I did, no, I brought, back, uh, I brought lavish back from the dead once, just at a party. And I said, oh, no, it's her sister. It's not really her. Because uh, I put big black bags under my eyes. I made her look as uh, atrocious as possible. But, yeah, I was trying to recreate her at my 50th. You look great. It was okay. I was a flapper, but I wasn't her. I don't know. She's really difficult to... But is she coming back? This next tour that you do will lavish feature? She may appear in one way, shape or form... In March. In March? Yeah. What's happening I'm just in March? waiting for my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even no, joking. No, my one-man show, The Oddballs and Glitter Tour, yeah. finally is going on. I don't know, it's sort of scaring me to death, only because I've been preparing it now for two years, and I feel like I don't know any of the lines at all. But you know, would, would, it is a play, actually. The first part of it, I can tell you, is sort of like a play. And then... Uh, Act two is very, very different. Well, I think I don't think you need to hide behind lines because as we've seen this afternoon, he can really hold a room, can't he? With just his stories. And I think that if you just rocked up as lavish and talked for an hour, people would pay to listen. Um, I'd need bloody good lighting, darling. That's a joke.
Welcome back to part two, question three. Are you ready for this, Craig? Yeah, I'm ready. Is there any part of you that's like concerned, worried? No? No. No. I mean, when you said get them to ask anything, you really meant it, yeah? I don't care. You don't care? Okay. Here we go then. Some of these um, questions have come in, but they don't all have names on. So, um, what is the funniest interaction you've had with a celebrity? Well, there's been several, actually. Anne Whittacombe, I suppose. Well, you just dragged her around, really, didn't you? I know, but she sort of always... Um, she said, Craig, no, darling, you may as well not even do the judging. I know it's a two. <laughs> Did so you become unlikely friends How perceptive. Anne? Well, yeah, because we went on, actually, to dance together for the next two years, bizarrely. I did 42 shows on tour with her, dancing Charleston. <laughs> and did every lift that Anton Dubeck ever, ever did in the entire series in one minute 30. In one minute 30? Eight shows a week? Yeah, no. Wow. Uh, well, 42 shows in all. I don't know if it was actually eight shows a week. Sometimes it was nine <laughs> or <laughs> ten. But, uh, yeah, so probably the most I've ever performed with any of the celebrities is Anne because we did Panto together as well for two years running. So um, it was good. Yeah, we did become friends in the end. What's your most unlikely celebrity friendship? Apart uh, from Anne Whittaker. Well, yeah, that is pretty unlikely, isn't it? But um, unlikely. Tara Palmer Tompkinson, oh, actually. I loved her. Yeah, I thought I would never ever get the chance to meet her, but did because I was a judge on Fame Academy yes. way back when. That's and right. uh, she did... These boots are made for walking. And uh, it was amazing. And we started going to celebrity stuff together, functions. Well, she, uh, I don't know, ring me up and say, oh, do you want to be my date for the night? So I did that. I went along with her. I mean, I was obviously tagging in the background, you know, while she had a photo taken and stuff. But she was a whole bunch of fun. She really was, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She really was. And sadly missed. Really, she really, really is, sadly missed. She's some, yeah. A real Fantastic one off. Woman. Yeah. yeah, a, a real, real one off. Yeah. Um, if you can have a dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Judy Garland. Only because I'd like to know really did she put the Trammer dolls in the hems of her hotel room curtains? <laughs> I'd just like to ask her just that. was that real? Really? Yeah. Tell me the story. Well, apparently she used to put tramadol and all sorts of things pills to hide them yeah put them yeah hide them in her curtains in the hems of her curtains for fear of who discovering them well yeah because she needed them to be judy and i can sort of understand Aww. that you know like celebrities under a lot of pressure to actually perform not only on stage but in real life as well you know liza minnelli will tell you that mm. and um and I sort of felt sorry for her. But I would like to ask, I'd like, I'd like to have her over dinner and ask her. But she might be too trammed out to talk. To <laughs> the only thing. Is there any programme left that you would love to do? Because we've just seen you in The Masked Dancer. Which yeah. I knew... I love doing that. I knew it was you was straight away. I could tell early. by your calves. My calves? Calves. Oh, the, the calves. calves. Tight, darling. Oh, tight. tight. Yeah, yes. no, I loved the heels. I loved doing all of that. You give very, very um, frank feedback to, yeah. to celebrities. Um, and I think, you know, across the years, you've been on the receiving end of that and then some. And I know that we've become kinder as a culture, which is good. Um, but there must have been times when you've absolutely been annihilated in an audition. Well, yeah. I was, for the Kasha Fall, I never got the job. Because of my arms were all flailing about, apparently, and I was. Somewhere you're so obsessed with lines and arms. Yeah, I think it probably is. Mm, you actually. are. They taught me a lesson, and I didn't get the job, so I went back to training. And I thought I obviously need more training, uh, and then suddenly I was called in and got the job. So I was very lucky. It was good, but uh, it made me think, and it made makes you work harder. And mm. plus, it's really good to actually get that criticism. You know, I was. If, if, if that hadn't have happened, then I wouldn't have tried to make myself 
better or correct myself, you know, and I think it's really important. When I was learning to tap dance, that was killing me. I just thought I can't seem to get it, but it was, it was only through hard work and perseverance that you get it and it becomes easier. And that's, I think, what we all have to learn in life, that you're not going to be good at absolutely everything straight away. You know, it requires application, doesn't yeah. it? You know, in real life. It's true. It's true. And also, a little bit of a theme emerges here because, you know, you talk about the fact that you were, you danced to escape what was going on at home. There was always a plan to get away from that. And even in the, in the face of somebody saying, you're not good enough, you're not enough, you still carried on working because you were determined to get somewhere. You've been going somewhere your whole life. Are you there yet? No, I don't think we ever are. And I don't think you ever stop learning. And I think that's important to always remember that you're always somewhere where uh, I don't think I'll ever be happy. You know, I'll always want to keep learning mm. more. And I think that's what life is, actually. And dare I say, a journey. But it is. It really is. And plus, you know, you can stop, breathe, and then go on. But we've all got crossroads. And we've mm. all, you all, we all come to a stop and we have choices and it's only about those choices that you make you know but they can be always rectified that's the thing to yeah. always remember and consider even if you're in financial difficulty or if you're you know which we all have been you know we've all yeah. been faced with difficulty in our lives as human beings and whether that's the search for food or the search you know for you know winning the lotto or something you know there's always something to actually work toward and I don't I'll never really be happy with anything I mean if I went back I would then change it all again would or you? try and make it better yeah I thought why was I so um why was I so hard on myself, actually, when I was a dancer? And why was I so worried about my weight, which was ridiculous because I was painfully that, thin? That, that was a huge feature. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, this that's is where we go... you through your life, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but this is where we sort of go wrong in mm. life, that we worry too much uh, about ourselves and our looks and this and that and everything else and not enough about actually what's going on in your life yeah. or, you know, how you're affecting other people. I think that's the important thing to remember you know, is that anything you say or do might affect that person. And that's why on Strictly, you know, I try and make judgments where I'll say, you know, something, hopefully, that will eventually help that person be a better dancer or be better than they think they're capable of, you know. And I think that's important in, in general, whether you're a leader or not a leader, you know, even if you're at the bottom of the chain, you know, you're still making someone's life better going up but if you do come to a crossroads it's just a matter of choice isn't it but those choices obviously can't be reversed but then you get another one at the end of that road anyway and another door opens and yeah. I think I've always remembered that like when I was sacked from Cameron McIntosh uh I thought oh my god what is gonna actually happen to me now I'm sort of I have mm. nothing really to, to put a little bit of context around that so, so Cameron McIntosh uh, alongside Andrew Lloyd Webber probably runs the West End I mean if you're not working for one it's the other because there aren't really any, any other big players big no, players I mean, yeah, and you, you fell out with Cameron right because he didn't give you the promotion that you wanted yeah I just wanted all I wanted was a um, just a credit to in the in the back of the program just to say that I'd you know assisted on the choreography and all of that for Martin Gare and stuff and for other things and I was trying to get a different title because mm. I thought assistant 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 you needed is, the next I step needed up. the next step up you know and he wasn't prepared to give me that so I thought well I'm gonna have to either leave or not you know and actually he just replaced me and kicked me out so I went okay well, don't ask <laughs> although I'm glad I did because he did me the biggest favor in my life he opened the doors yes thrown into the gutter but I picked myself up mm -hmm. and I worked I think for nine grand that year and um, couldn't afford my mobile phone or anything but I but I got the most amazing gigs 
uh, as a choreographer. Pal Joey was one of them, and and it put me on the map, you know, as a choreographer. Then I did Spend, Spend, Spend in the West End, mm. and then suddenly things became great again. So you can be, you know, really in the gutter and get yourself out of it yeah. quite easily, and it's a frame of mind rather than anything else. And it's, it it's really a, is. It's and don't yeah. judge yourself too much. No. You know. Well, actually, I think I think those are the moments you should judge yourself by because when life puts you down, it's it's all about how you get back up again. Yeah. And I've been there. You know, I've had the burn of public humiliation. Oh God, I know you have. Exactly, babe. <laughs> Oh my God! You've been through the. Do you mill. know what though? I'm gonna have I to do this. It. I wouldn't yeah. have changed it because it does it, make you stronger. It does actually. And what hurts at the time sort of heals you and and sets you up for the future. And ultimately, it was kind of meant to be. You yeah. Know, it, I mean. Well, yeah. I love Kate too. But there are those moments where you go. Now what? And you're looking around and you're looking for somebody to give you the answers. And ultimately, the lesson that comes that way is no one's going to feed you the answers. You have to come up with them yourself. And you've just got to be polite. You've got to be good, be yeah. humble, and just get on with it. That is true. You know, like last year, I thought, do I spread love? And actually, I decided, yeah, I should, really. And it was really nice to sort of, I don't know, do Strictly without the studio audience because I didn't feel uh, compelled to have to react to them, you know, and or create anything that I didn't really mean or what. So it made you a bit more authentic in that moment? Well, less, no, it's not showing. that. No, it's, it's yeah, less showbiz. Yeah. And I felt like I was actually talking Like you were doing an audition. Yeah, yeah, like at auditions. That's where, what I mean by authentic, kind of giving that yeah. moment some reality. Yeah, yeah, completely, than... because no one ever tells me what to say or do. No or any of that, and I make up my own mind and decisions about scores and whatever I say to them. But um, it's I treat it always as I would my own dance company mm -hmm. or my own theatre company, you know, with respect. But, you know, even that being said, you've still got to tell people what is wrong with their performance. You know, like obviously that happened to me on The Masked Dancer, you know, and it happened to me on MasterChef every single day <laughs> and it happened to me on maestro at the opera you know that i went on to win which was amazing but i was i was crying i was at home in tears so, yeah really so it upset me it was so emotional i mean even watching it now really upsets me only because I remember what I was going through at the mm. time. Yeah, I'd had a split up in a relationship. I was doing this to sort of, you know, um, get myself, elevate myself out of that sort of situation. And uh, I chose something that I thought would be an impossible task for me to achieve. And actually, it was the most enlightening thing I'd ever done. Mm. And I'd never sat at home crying with a baton in my hand before, listening to music. But it just opened me up to a completely different other me. It's important to do that sometimes. Oh, my God, it was so brilliant. Yeah. And, I mean, it's this is something that everyone, I think, should do. Because, I mean, just feeling like you're in control... But listening to the music and all of that, it just took me to another level. But no, that was actually, amazing. That's, a, that's a really strong and good analogy for life, right? Because if you are the conductor of the orchestra, you're leading and you are conducting. But yeah. ultimately, you are led by the music. So you're only working with what is available to you. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty much life, right? You can yeah. lead, but you've got to work with what's going on around you. It's so true. It is so true. But conducting is like orchestrating, orchestrating your own way in life exactly. as well. I think we all have to go through bits mm. and pieces in our lives to get on and yeah. to learn. And I think you have to be able to dust yourself off. You know, people will say terrible things about you. People will twist words. They'll, uh, you know, try and... Uh, paint you in a completely different light to you know what people see here now you know and there's not much you can do about that you can either choose to believe it or not you know but you have to be resilient and I never really go on you know uh, through the dancing to ever speak ill of anyone you know I'm always looking to give people tens I know that doesn't sound say, believable I don't, I don't always get that back do I you? Am, I'm there I'm gunning for them I want them to do well yeah. I really do I've been in that position myself mm. and you know and even when I'm auditioning people I really 
you think, oh my God, they've got the look. They're perfect, the perfect height. You think, please, please, please be absolutely brilliant. Sing that song like you've never sung it before, you know? And they're very nervous coming into auditions. So I understand, you know, it can go horribly wrong. But I, it's my job to put them at ease. It's my job in the theatre to, as a director. Get the best to, out of them. Well, yeah, completely. In that moment, to yeah. make them great so I can be great at my job, you yeah. know? So it's, um, it's fantastic, really. I've been very lucky to actually earn money out of things that I really love doing mm. and to have a life in dance I didn't think would ever get this far I've got to be honest I just thought well I never really thought at 20 what I'd be really doing at 30 and whether or not I'd be hanging my dance shoes up you know obviously Anton has finally <laughs> Hurrah! Yes. I'm delighted about. So he's joining you on the panel again this yeah, year. Yeah, I cannot wait. And, and do you we know get what? on so well. We've known each other since its concept, you know, and it's just. Do you know what's so, so lovely, though? Is he's on his way there, like, Craig, right? He's aunt it. And I think the public mm -hmm. feels that. And we're really pleased to see Anton take that chair because oh, we've wheeled him there, haven't we? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And it's funny. Will Bruno come back? I don't know. I really don't know. Well, certainly in my life, he will, because I know we're doing another program together. <laughs> yeah. After traveling, I mean, if you can imagine traveling eight hours a day with Bruno Tony. Well, I've done it. Yeah, I can imagine it. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a challenge <laughs> to film, but great. You know, I really loved doing that for ITV. It was fantastic. And what a great opportunity, you know, uh, for the Craig and Bruno Great British Road yeah. Trips. It was so cool because I've never done anything like that before. A nice and perspective people, as well from two people that haven't really kind of been born and raised here to, yeah, to find and discover right. the country for themselves. Well, I mean, it was quite obvious. I didn't even know what a dale was, darling. That's right, babe. Yeah. I know. I a know. dale. And what is a dale? It's a ravine, actually, that has a river running through the Cravons. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, Only you could make a ravine sound sexual. Yeah, but there's uh, like 171 mm. dales in the Yorkshire Dale. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. God's that country. was all news to me. So it was brilliant. So I want to do loads more of them because I was discovering so much. I don't know why we're talking about holidays. When Bruno. I can't have one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is he coming back? Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's only COVID that's keeping well, him away. Well, Anton's but, not, you know, is he? Anton sat at home going, no. Yeah, but no. now, but now I've waited you see, years for this. Uh, <laughs> we've got our own separate podium or podium judges. Oh, it's all changed. Sort of, yeah, it's all changed, darling. It's all changed. And we've got big, like, glass things. In, Does it know. look like you're at the M&S self-checkout? I felt a little bit like I needed a cash register, <laughs> I have to say. But uh, what I'm saying is there's always room for another judge, isn't there? Always. You know? Especially a good one. Have you kept in touch with Glenn? Yeah, I have. He rang me when COVID first uh, reared its ugly head. I think maybe he said, I was just worried about Craig because you're old. <laughs> I, went, I thought he never rings me. <laughs> and then he rang to say that and actually just to check and see how it's getting on. It Make sure actually, you're alive. It was really quite sweet. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, you know, I miss Len. I miss Len enormously. He's yeah, one of I miss Len. Guys, he was really he? witty, really funny, down to earth, didn't put up with any no. rubbish. But, but inherently decent. Yeah, of course. As are yeah. you. Oh, that's very sweet. Oh my um, God. So you're going to make me cry. And I just want to say a personal thank you. Thank you for all of the good times, all of the memories. And to see you working on, despite everything, in spite of everything, you are a grafter, Craig. You're one of life's pushers, triers. Most importantly, I've loved knowing you and being a friend of yours. You are never not good company. You are one of the good guys in this business. And there are oh, not a lot are of those. And thank you. And I... <laughs> I will be front row next year. Craig's going out with his one-man show or one-woman show. We'll see. We'll see. It kicks bit, off in bit March. Of everything. Yeah, tickets are available now wherever you get your tickets. Um, it's been a really special afternoon for us. This is the first time we've, we've put the show on live. Thank you for coming. Thank you to Richard Hatherall and Gabby at Yahoo who've made this happen. Uh, to Dylan Hearn at Bangling Talent who 
absolutely drove this to fruition. To Live Nation for bringing this to you. And most of all, thank you to you for coming out. I really appreciate it. And I'd like to say, Kate, thank you so much for putting these on. Kate has done literally 150 of these, yeah. of these ones and make it happen forever, darling. We love yeah. you. You're brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. This episode of White Bun Question Time was recorded live at London's Leicester Square Theatre. It was brought to you and produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Richard Hatherall, Alex Sutton and Gabriella Colasurdo for Yahoo UK, with editing by the brilliant Libby Knowles. Boy, did she have a work cut out. Our music, as always, is provided by Andy Bell. If you've loved what you've heard, please do rate and review us. We'd appreciate it muchly. Until next week, take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.